Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I can take them to a place uh, personally that they can't get to themselves. Right back in this game. Big expectations. They got to buy into that, and it's not going to be comfortable at times. I pull and I root for the team because I know if the team's playing well, it makes the people in the city excited and happy. You know, we're in this thing to win. This game is over. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan Lucci. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 
Oilers now is presented by Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money, all your devices managed at Digitex.ca. Coming up, we'll set it up. It's the Edmonton Oilers. It's the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll hear from Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. Reed Wilkins will swing by from Inside Sports. We'll have NHL today for elite promotional marketing all within the first half hour of the show. At 12.35, we'll go old school with Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. 105 today, Brian Burke. Brian Burke brought to you by our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. We will also hear on today's show from Kurt Hill. He's the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They open up their first round playoff series Saturday night, 730 against Sean Clouston's Medicine Hat Tigers. The uh, Oil Kings first in the Central Division during the course of the regular season. And uh, Jody Shelley coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now. He is the longtime Columbus uh, former Blue Jackets player and now Blue Jackets television analyst. Let's go. Here's how you get to us via social media or contact info. You can reach us on our River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. They got Grammy winner Rick Springfield taking the stage at the River Cree on Saturday, March the 23rd. You can text us at 630-630, the Heartland Ford text line. All dealerships are the same thing again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. I'm on Twitter, Bob underscore Stoffer, the Twitter account for the show, at Oilers Now. Brendan Escott available at Brendan Escott. Special thanks to all of the people that made it down uh, throughout the course of the week to the Edmonton Oilers season seat holders event. I know I was uh, part of a uh, panel today. Some great questions, some tough questions, and there should be, given the uh, current state of where this team is at. Uh, The Oilers on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Uh, I know John Shannon was part of things today, Bob Nicholson, uh, Susan Darrington, and Stu McDonald, but a special thanks to all the... uh, the fans and season seat, season seat holders that participated and made it down here today. We're going to head straight off in our Oilers Now Direct Workwear Audio Vault. Speaking of direct workwear, for product knowledge, compliance, great pricing, and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. Oilers playing Columbus for the second time in less than a month. They smoked them 4 nothing in Columbus earlier this season. Ken Hitchcock explained how they got the success they did. Well, it was one of our best games, not not just road games, but I think it's typical of our team when we're able to occupy the offensive zone. That's how we play defense, and that's the new NHL. More time you spend in the offensive zone, the less time you're going to be spending defending, and that's that's success. And that's what we did in that game. We. We had long shifts in the ozone, and and we protected the puck. And a couple of times, it ended up being goals for us. But more important, that's where we spent the time, and that's that the winning programs have extended ozone time. And and when you have that going, it's it's a good thing. Uh, Hitch then also uh, illustrated some points on puck movement from the back end. If you look at any teams that are quick transition, they find the middle of the ice, and they're not afraid to. There's a risk and a dynamic to play that way. But any of the successful teams use the middle of the ice way more than they use the boards. And you can't be a good transition team if you just keep putting it on the boards. You know, you end up 
chipping it out and chasing it. You don't end up with possession metrics at all. You can't be afraid to use the middle of the ice on your exits. And, and like I said, there's a risk to play that way, but it's the only way that if you look at all the good teams, that's the way they play is they, they use that option quite a bit. Second part for me is um, we, we didn't win what I call, we, we won the critical ice game in, in uh, Arizona. We were much better top of circle to top of circle than they were. And we lost both games, especially in the third period in Vegas. And we were, we were swamped in the first period in St. Louis. We lost all the little battles inside the blue lines and never got out. So even if you do bang it up the boards and, and you don't get out on first touch, now you're stalled out. But to me, more than anything, we went the safe route and the safe route does not work. You've got to be able to put it in the middle. All right, let's hear from some of the players. Uh, Sam Gagne, former Columbus Blue Jacket player, had this to say about the Blue Jackets. I think we made them play in their end. Um, you know, you, you look back to the one shift where they were in their end for pretty much a minute. Um, we ended up getting a goal on that. And, um, you know, we did a really good job of uh, when we were on our end, just uh, packing it in, making sure that uh, they were getting grade a, ch- grade a chances. And, you know, they're, they're a team with a lot of depth and they can get you a lot of different ways. So you got to make sure that. Uh, you're bringing it uh, throughout your entire lineup. Zach Gassian, who had that spirited tilt with Patrick Maroon, a guy he went out for dinner the other night. Well, that's an awesome story. Says that the Edmonton Oilers, uh, they got a chance to make. Being an athlete, there's always uh, it's, it's always been it's always hard on you mentally, but uh, not so much this week. We're going to go out. We're going to work hard. Like I said, we're not mathematically eliminated. We're we got a chance here. We have four home games here, and um, we have to get off to the right start. Last game we played uh, this team, we played really well. We we figured it was our best game of the year, so we have to, to replicate that tonight. Leon Drysaddle's having a big year for the Edmonton Oilers. By the way, tonight Drysaddle will center Milan Lucic and Zach Cassian. Drysaddle on the year uh, with 43 goals, 91 points. He's got nine games left to score seven goals to get to the 50 goal mark. But to him, he says the playoffs mean way more than the points. You know, I'd, I'd rather give up some of my points to to make the playoffs. Um, but um, you know, I'm happy with how how I've been playing. Um, you know, hopefully, like I said, I can I can keep it up for, for the last little stretch. All right, that's Leon Drysaddle of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, to tonight's uh, lineup projected for the Edmonton Oilers, it'll be Connor McDavid, who has 15 points in seven career games against Columbus, along with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Cassian. And as I mentioned, Drysaddle, Lucic, and Chase on Colby Cave between Tobias Reeder and uh, Sam Gagne. And then Kyle Brodziak with Joseph Gambardella and Josh Curry. Uh, obviously, Paul Yarby done for the year with the hip surgery. And the Oilers, uh, Jujar Kara out as well. Uh, dealing uh, with a little bit of an issue, short term it looks like, and uh, that means Ty Ratty and Brad Malone will be scratched up front, scratched on defense. Kevin Gravel and Alexander Petrovich. This will be the 16th consecutive game that the Oilers' top six is intact. Clefbaum with Larson, Darnell Nurse with Chris Russell, Sakara with Benning. The Oilers are eight, five, and two uh, with this. Top 60 in place. Miko Koskinen will start in goal. He shut Columbus out the last time he played them. He'll go up against Jonas Corposalo, not Bobrovsky tonight. These lines are not finalized for Columbus, but Pierre-Luc Dubois with Panarin and Atkinson, though they did move Duchesne up to this top line and supplant Dubois against the Flames the other night. Duchesne had been playing with uh, Dezingle 
and a player I love, Josh Anderson. Riley Nash scored 15 goals, 41 points in 76 games last year, plus 16 with Boston, suffered a nasty concussion. I don't think he's all back. He's got one goal in 69 games this year. He's minus 10. Uh, Sedlak and Jenner were with him the other night. Alex Wenberg with just two goals on the season. He was a healthy scratch the last time the Oilers were in Seabus with Dubinsky and Oliver Bjorkstrand. On defense, uh, they had Rorensky with Jones. Nudevar is expected to be back in with David Savard. Harrington with Adam McQuaid. As I mentioned, Jonas Corpusello starts in goal for John Tortorello. All right, it's 12-16 in Edmonton. That's a look at the two teams. We've heard our comments courtesy again. Our friends from Direct Workwear for product knowledge, compliance, great pricing, and innovation, directworkwear.com. They bring you the Oilers Now Audio Vault. Let's go to NHL today for elite promotional marketing, more than just sportswear. And here is Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. It is a busy night tonight in the NHL with 12 games across the league. That includes Montreal entertaining the Islanders, the Flames hosting Ottawa, and Winnipeg visits Vegas. Some playoff-relevant games uh, with Colorado playing in Dallas, Chicago hosts Philly, and Arizona visits Florida. Sends forward John Gabriel Pajot has a hearing with the league this afternoon for boarding Canucks forward and former Edmonton Oil King, I believe, Ashton Sautner last night. It would be Pajot's first career suspension. Elsewhere, Sharks forward Timo Meyer fined $2,000 this morning for diving last Saturday against the Predators. He was warned by the league back in early February and will now face a $3,000 fine if he repeats again. Leafs signing forward Nick Patan to a two-year contract extension with an AAV of $775,000. Longtime NHLer Chris Drury named the GM of the U.S. National Hockey Team this morning. He was put in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame in 2015. And finally, the league announcing three games in Europe in 2019-2020. None of them, including the Oilers. The Flyers open their regular season in Prague against the Blackhawks on October 4th, and then two games between Buffalo and Tampa Bay out in Stockholm as part of the Global Series. Condors, a road date with the Ontario Reign tomorrow night. Oil Kings open the 2019 playoffs on Saturday at home against Medicine Hat. They went 5-0-1 against Medicine Hat this year. Trey Fix-Wolanski named a first-team All-Star and an Eastern Conference Player of the Year, Bob. Yeah, a tremendous year. Fix Wolanski uh, on the season finished with 37 goals, 102 points in 65 games, plus 36 for the Edmonton Oil Kings. It's 12-18 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. And when we come back, Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chad. It is 1221 in Edmonton. Bob Stopper with you. The Oilers and the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight at Rogers Place. Let's bring aboard Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. Hi, Reed. How are you doing? Good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yes, absolutely. Look, I, I opened the show talking about uh, the season seat holders event, and I did one this morning from 7 to 9 at uh, Studio 99. I believe you and uh, Rob Brown did a couple while we were away on the road. Uh, how do you find those? Well, I mean, obviously there's a lot of uh, unhappy, frustrated, angry fans, which is understandable. Uh, I think, uh, you know, for for me, obviously there were two types of questions, hockey operations type questions, and then fans asking about uh, ticketing, which is something I obviously don't know know as much about and uh, I'm not as engaged in. So I I found that interesting as well. Some of the questions or challenges fans might have in just terms of, tickets, reselling tickets, uh, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, the the, uh, the Oilers are in a really bad spot. There's no doubt about it. And I, I compare this 
to where we were in 2015. There was a, an interim coach at the time, Todd Nelson, who we didn't think would be back next season. Um, I don't think Ken Hitchcock is going to be back next season. And then in the summer, or in the spring, I guess, the team changed general managers, uh, which we didn't know was going to happen in, in March of 2015. But this year we do know there, there will be a general manager. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Uh, fans have been through this before. There's a lot of questions. There hasn't been much progress in the performance on the ice except for one season. So, uh, you know, I wasn't overly uh, surprised with, with, with what I heard. And, I, you know, I think I, I understand a lot of the sentiments coming from season seats holders. Maybe not all of them, the but one, most of them. The one difference I'd say from 2005, or sorry, 2015, because I did a couple of those events as well. Uh, I think my friends booed me at one. Uh, I, I didn't know I had that many friends in Edmonton, so thanks for that. Uh, but, uh, hey, I wasn't the one that uh, hired certain people. Uh, anyhow, I digress. Uh, e- the one big difference, or maybe it's two big differences, is when we did those events during the 2014-15 season, um, the orders did not know they were going to win the lottery and get Connor McDavid, and I don't think even people in the orders organization knew how good Leon Dreisettle was. And that's, uh, and I totally get the frustration out there. And, and and having two of the top six scorers in the National Hockey League only adds to it to a certain extent because the perception is you guys have completely squandered and mismanaged this, and I, I think that's a fair assessment to have, frankly. Um, so I get it, but I do think in terms of moving forward, the one real positive is you do have those two big pieces. Now, they the one thing I'll say, Reed is I'm wondering if we're starting to see some fatigue set in with the amount of minutes McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins have played, if we saw that a bit on the last Well, and that's, and I mean, again, that, that relates back to one of the big stories for the year and one of the big weaknesses is is the lack of depth on the team. And, and there's nobody else that can be relied on to, to produce anything offensively or, or even any sort of offensive pressure. And I mean, you look at, okay, you know, Joe Gambardella comes up from the farm and he's playing seven, eight minutes a night. So it's not as if they're calling up people and injecting them into important roles in the lineup where they're going to play a lot. And that's, and that's the number one challenge. I mean, I think you sit here with, with those. If we just look at the forwards, if you just look at the you know, 12 to 14 forwards that have played most of the season for the Oilers, if after those three guys you just had an average set of forwards, how dramatically could that change the team? But, but I mean, right now, tonight... You're playing with four forwards. I'll, I'll say, you know, for argument's sake, I'm sure people could quibble about that number, but I'm going to go with four. You have a third of your forward core that on most NHL franchises are in the minors or who are 13th forwards or who are perceived as minor So you're saying Gamardella, Gamardella, Curry, Cave, and are you saying Reader because he has no? Been- I actually say, and I'm actually saying Gagne, who I like and I like what he's brought. Okay. But I think we have to recognize most of the NHL this year perceived him as a minor league player. Some now of maybe ha- some, some of, of that had to do with his salary. Yes, fair enough. And then that's not even including Reader and Lucic, right. who have mind-bogglingly and dramatically performed way under expectations. Like if we're sitting here talking about Toby Reader having six goals on the season. We're saying it's been a bummer of a year for him, yeah. and, and he has zero in the last year and a half for Lucic. I, I, I is think, just so, so I mean, there's half a forward yeah. core that is either probably should be in the minors or is not performing at their NHL expectations. You know, it's half in, the the three right wings to start the year. Top three right wings: Ty Ratty, 
Kotaro Yamamoto and Yesapol Yervi ended up combining for nine goals. And none of those three players are playing tonight. So that was an ill-fated perception that Peter Shirelli had as a general manager. And frankly, the fact that Chason's coming here and score 20 and even Cassian scoring 13 and Cassian showing that he could at least temporarily fill in in a top six spot has been a blessing for Edmonton. Certainly nobody saw Reader um, having the type of year that he's had. I- I'm going to tell you right now, Tobias Reader's probably going to have to sign somewhere in the NHL, basically around 800K. And my guess is he'll bounce back next year and score 8 to 12 goals. Like he scored 12 to 16 four years in a row. I thought, given that I thought he was going to spend some time with Leon Dreisaitl, I thought he could score 16 to 18, so shows you what I know. I mean, it didn't come close. I also believe the penalty killing was going to be way better with uh, Trent Yanni for three straight years. Trent Yanni had a top-five PK in Anaheim, and it's worse than it was last year. And remember how bad it was on home ice. So Yeah, well, actually, the last third of last season, it was actually quite good. Right. And Todd was, McC- I think it was top-five in the NHL, Todd McC- that shows you how... Yeah, yeah, and Tom McClellan took that penalty kill over from Jim Johnson midway through February. It has been a frustrating year. The Oilers get kicked in the teeth as a result of that, and everybody in the organization has to wear it. And the reality is the best people in society read, they take criticism, and they grow from it, and they get better. And then there's other people that just shut down and don't give a crap, and, and they don't improve. So it's going to be incumbent on everybody in the Oilers organization to uh, own it, and uh, take it moving forward and get better. Give me a quick riff on tonight's game. Well, the last time these two teams played, I thought it was one of Edmonton's best games of the year, and I didn't think Columbus played well. And that's how you wind up with a four-goal difference. Now, uh, I, I think Jody Shelley's going to tell you the last eight or nine games for the Blue Jackets. Haven't they they haven't good. looked good. Right. Uh, but they're probably going to play a little angry. And I, and I really think this is going to be a challenging nine-game stretch for the Oilers. I, they're saying all the right things. Yeah. But I think the reality is is really set in now. You can be as, as hopeful and as optimistic as you want, but there's there's a certain reality. This 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 will be. I mean, this is the best team they're facing on the homestand. I think on on paper, even if you don't look at recent performance. So I think this is going to be a tough one, and we'll see if Koskinen can bounce back because his last two outings have not been good. All right, Reid, awesome stuff. We appreciate your time as always. Okay, see you, Bob. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and when we come back, the big man Louis DeBrusque from Rogers Place. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.